0: Welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast, the show that helps you to reach more people, help more people, and build the life you want to live by doing more than therapy. One of the most frustrating realities of being a psychologist or therapist who wants to work online or needs to build an online audience is the horrible truth that no one will just magically land on your website. If you want, anyone, anyone at all to benefit from your expertise and your support. You need to write content that pops up on Google when they most need it. Today, I'm gonna be sharing my five simple tips for getting eyeballs on your content. And by your content, I mean a blog, a podcast, a YouTube video, the main thing that you create to try and communicate with the people that you're trying to help. Firstly, if you haven't done it already, you really need to get to know your ideal client avatars. Your blog posts will be so much easier to write and far more likely to reach people if you write them for just one specific person or one very specific group of people. If you need convincing or you haven't fleshed out your ICAs yet, then if you're a Do More Than Therapy member, you can take the short course on that subject inside the membership. Or if you're not a member yet, you can listen to last month's podcast episode on that subject. No other advice here is going to work if you don't know exactly who you're writing for. So today what I want to share with you are five simple tips that you can use today to start getting more eyeballs on those amazing blog posts that you write or incredible podcasts that you put out into the world. And this will work equally well if you're trying to build up a YouTube channel or any other kind of content that is on your website and you want people to see it. So there is an art to it, but these are five steps that you can take to get more eyes on your brilliant content today. Number one, you need to find out what your ideal client avatar is searching for. So you can use a tool like Answer the Public to find out what searches people are actually making in your area of expertise. This is one of the reasons it's so important to only try to market to people with one or or a few related, specific problems. Because otherwise, think of the example. If I was gonna type depression into Answer the Public, I'd find so many hits and such high search volumes that I'd never be able to choose what to write about, and the chances of my blog post standing out against all the Psychology Today, NHS, BBC, other trusted sources would be extremely low. However, If I know my ICAs really, really well, I could search for something really, really specific. Um, So, for example, if I did a search now for something like uh, ADHD, anxiety and children, then I might find some really specific questions I can answer. So, for example, with those kind of search terms, I might write a blog post for a parent searching for how to help my 13-year-old who has ADHD and anxiety, or what to do if my 12-year-old won't stop wetting the bed. Those are much more specific problems that I know that my ICAs might be searching for at 2 o'clock in the morning when they're really worried So that's the first tip, find out what your ICA is searching for. And this relates to tip number two. So tip number two is to use the language that people really speak and put that in your headlines and in the intro to your blog post. So obviously, if you know the language that people speak, you're much more likely to get the questions right to actually get the search terms that they're going to put into Google. Think about your own behavior on Google. What you tend to type into Google is the same sort of stuff that you might say to your friend over coffee. It's very, very specific. You don't look, for example, if you're thinking about where to go for dinner, you don't look for dinner places in Plymouth. You look for burger places in Plymouth within 0.5 miles of exactly where I am right now, you're looking for a very specific answer to your specific question. So this is another reason why Launch in 14 Steps is all about actually trying to have a coffee or a virtual coffee in these times with your ideal client avatars so that you can pick this language up and so that you stand a chance of writing something which actually answers the exact question that they are thinking in their head when they sit down at their computer and they're worrying about this particular problem. And it's really important to remember here, and we've talked about it quite a lot in the Do More Than Therapy membership, Uh, Especially in the course that we did with Janet Murray on building an online audience, that you might not like the language that your ideal clients are using, but you still need to use it. You've got to use it in order to be found in Google. So it's really, really important. And if you're listening to this, like me, actually, and thinking I've written some really amazing content. But when I look at my Google Analytics, very, very few people have looked at it. This is why this is the answer. It's because either you wrote on something that is extremely popular in Google, like depression, but you're competing with people with far more authority on the topic than you do. So you're not reaching the top of the search engine results page. Or it's because you've actually titled your blog with words that your ideal clients aren't using or often that nobody other than psychologists is using. So, for example, if I wrote a blog called Using Acceptance and Commitment Therapy to Deal with Anxiety or even My Top 5 Tips for Using Acceptance and Commitment Therapy to Deal with Anxiety... Nobody is typing that into Google. Nobody would find it. And I know this because I have written those blogs and nobody has read them. And um, so... I think often we really do have the skills to pick up the language that our clients use. You do it in every therapy session that you have. You mirror people's language back to them every day in your clinical work. And every day in your clinical work, you're figuring out what people's questions are. That's something that we do when we're trying to develop a formulation, when we're co-creating with a client in a therapy session. For some reason, though, most of us have a huge block around doing it when it comes to creating our own content and using it uh, for search engine optimization purposes. Now, I don't want you to worry if any of those terms, if Google Analytics or search engine op- optimization or anything else that I'm saying today sounds a little bit like jargon or gobbledygook to you. Uh, don't worry about that there's going to be a lot more content on this podcast and there's a lot in the do more than therapy membership coming up about all of these terms I'm just introducing you today to a few simple things that you can get going with now because I think you're going to start to see results really quickly if you do these things and that will give you the motivation to do the slightly more advanced stuff that we're going to tackle later on in this series okay so tip number three talk about your content in lots of different ways and repurpose it for different learning styles. So for example, if you've done a written blog post, that can really easily become several social media posts, a podcast, a Facebook Live video, think creatively, draw out the key parts of the content and get creative with how you present those to people. So what I definitely wouldn't recommend is just posting a link to your blog with a brief introduction a few times on your social media that's not really going to engage anybody and the only content that actually gets seen by people on social media because of the way the algorithm works is the kind of content that people can interact with so ask people questions that relate to your content tell a story that relates to your content, maybe a personal story or a story that you've made up. If you can make that interesting, then you can use a composite story like that, that you've maybe drawn from several different sources. But it's got to be something that draws people in. And that brings me on to tip number four. Use social media to ask questions to find out what content to create. So if in the previous steps you've been thinking, okay, I've got some ideas about what questions I could be asking, um, what questions I could be using to title my blog posts and what to write about, but I'm not sure which ones are going to grab my audience's attention the most. The best strategy that I have found is to ask them. Ask questions about what people are interested in and that serves two purposes firstly it's likely if you make it really easy and do kind of a what we call like a really quick and simple no drama no um no thought required kind of an answer so you just get people to say Y or N or A, B, C or D. If you frame it like that, ask a really simple question where they only have to give you an A, B, C or D or a Y or an N in the comments, then not only does that get engagement going on your page and that helps the algorithm so that your next post is more likely to get seen by more people, but it also gives you a list of people who have said that they're interested in that blog post. So when you do create it, you can drop that link directly to those people. And those are the first few eyeballs that land on it. Now, if they're really interested in it, they might spend a bit of time on that page. They might leave a comment on that page. And that tells Google that that's good quality content that people want to see. And that pushes you up the rankings. So this is a really good technique for getting your engagement going, especially when you're first starting out with blogging. And you'll notice that I do this with my podcasts in the Do More Than Therapy group on Facebook. So when I'm deciding what podcasts to create, I very frequently ask you guys, "What do you want to see? What are you most interested in?" And then when I've created when I've created that podcast, I will drop you that link. And I hope that nobody perceives that as spammy or annoying. Because that is part of this process of getting to know your audience really well, using their language and then creating exactly what they need and serving it back to them. And really, what better way is there to meet people's needs? Finally, every blog post that you write should have a really clear call to action at the end of it. So you need to tell people what to do next. It may be that sometimes you're just sending them to another blog post that you've written that you think will be helpful to them. That's absolutely fine. But more and more, as you develop in your business and as you develop products and services that you want to sell to people online, you'll have calls to action that relate to those products and services. So it may be if you're following the 14 steps to a simple launch. Um, which was a podcast and a download that I provided for you I think last month a few episodes back anyway if you're following that process um, and you're using this as your like really easy no commitment test um, that I recommend doing as part of that process then it may be that you want to move people on to the next point in that launch process, which is to offer them something a bit more substantial that they have to give you their email address to download. Um, And if that's what you're doing, then your call to action might be, come get this download that I think you'll be really interested in. Um, Otherwise, you could be linking directly to, if this resonates with you, book a session with me, or If you like what you're reading here, you might be interested in my online course. Whatever it is, it's just really important that you don't leave people at the end of a really good blog post with nowhere to go. So if you're just starting out, it might be that you're just inviting them to read your next blog post or to join your mailing list to find out about your next blog post. Don't overthink it. It doesn't have to be a giant well thought through funnel at this stage. Um, If you do want to know more about building out a funnel like that, I have got a podcast episode on that subject, um, which you might be interested in. So I'll link to that in the show notes. But for now, what I really want you to make sure you do with every blog post is give the reader somewhere to go at the end. And that's true, whether it's a blog or a podcast or a YouTube video, whatever core content you're creating. Now, I've got a bonus tip for you. And this might be a bit controversial. But my recommendation is in your blog, in your podcast, in everything that you do, give your best stuff away. Don't hold back. Marketers that tell you to give the why, but not the how are unethical in our space, I would say, and shooting themselves in the foot, in my opinion. The whole point of this content that you're creating is to establish trust. If people want to, they can find everything for free on the internet. I promise you that. I've written something like 54 ACT and CFT-based blog posts for parents on my website. If someone wanted to, they could print them all out and use it as a self-help book. They don't do that. They don't do that because they're busy and because it wouldn't give them the same experience as working with me or even buying one of my eBooks. If you want to establish trust and authority, then you need to be generous look at Russ Harris if you want an example. He gives away virtually everything for free and yet I still chuck my credit card at his books and courses whenever he releases anything new because I want to have it in the most accessible and easy to learn format. And often when I look at blogs written by psychologists and therapists for their websites, I'm going to be honest, I feel a little bit sad because they don't really say much other than book me. And in my opinion, every blog should aim to genuinely solve a problem for the reader. Google also doesn't really recognise blogs under a thousand words, or so I've been told, Um, and it doesn't take very kindly to blogs that are pure promotion. Now, there are loads of issues that come up for us when we're trying to write content that genuinely helps people, draws them towards our services and helps sustain our businesses. So like I said before, this is a topic that we're gonna revisit really regularly. And don't worry, we're gonna go deep into each of the things that we've discussed today. But please do get in touch and let me know the specific things that you're getting stuck on right now or anything that's really baffling you. Maybe it's something you've heard me mention in passing, but you'd like a bit more information on. So in order to make blogging, podcasting or any content marketing work for you, it's crucial to know your ICA, have a content creation strategy, develop an SEO search engine optimization strategy and have a good way of measuring your progress and this is exactly why we have a masterclass on understanding your google analytics data with a website and seo expert coming up in the do more than therapy membership so they're going to be talking to us about how we can tell if what we're doing is working and before we go any deeper on this subject once you've got these five points under your belt it's really important to start tracking that. And Google Analytics is a great way to do that. So to learn more about the membership, if you're interested in that um, and how you can join, go to the show notes where there's a link to the membership sales page. You can have a look, check it out and see if you might be interested in some of the masterclasses, peer supervision and support that we're offering in the membership. Planning on launching something new? hoping to reach more people and build a business that lets you live your values while avoiding burnout, then you need to download my cheat sheet, 14 steps to a simple launch. It's a foolproof process to make sure you develop your project with the people you want to help and then get it in front of as many of them as possible. It's totally free and you can find it at psychologist.drrosie.co.uk. I'll put the link in the show notes.